Live with Men, 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 the podcast. Karibu tena kwenye episode nyingine ya Men, 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 the podcast. We actually recording this in December, Nadia. Yes. But you probably get to listen to it or you get to watch it or you get to access this episode in the year 2024. You know yeah. the part when they say, I think, I don't know if it's one, it's, I think it's one of the movies when they say, if you're reading this message, it means you've made, you made it. it. <laughs> so if you're listening to this podcast, it means you're already in the year 2024. So congratulations, happy new year to you. Karim sana kwenye Men 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 the podcast. Catch us on YouTube at Men the podcast, Instagram at Men the podcast, Twitter at Men the podcast, and then there's the link kwenye bio yetu tukapeleka moja kwa moja kwenye all the other places about us to subscribe, remember to subscribe, to subscribe, remember to share, remember to follow our pages, remember to tell us kitu ambacho tunataka kusikiliza, remember to you know recommend a topic, recommend some guest about nataka kuja nao, provided conversation around mental health and specifically around mental health Mimi naitwa Michael Baruti. Nadia, how are you? I'm great. You're great, I'm yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, fin- I'm happy the year is wrapping up. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. It is. It's been a good year for you? It's been a it's been a good year. It's been a good year. Yeah. It's been a roller coaster, but it's uh, been a good year. No, nothing tops the fact that you got married this year, Nadia. So yeah. definitely it's been, <laughs> it's been a, a great year. Huna mandate kusema kwamba this year be challenge. Hata kama kweli. Lakini the fact of we got married There's a positive it's it's a positive yeah, it covers the entire year yeah it covers the entire year yeah. so that's Nadia our own resident psychologist name at mind matters tz on twitter at mind matters tz on instagram there's a link with that by ambeto kupeleka moja kwa moja kwenye website and then from there you can actually do the booking na kujaribu kuona namna gani ambayo unaweza ukampata ili uongee naye kama unahitaji service yake you're going on holiday Yes, I'm taking a break just so my brain can also hibernate yeah, and important. rejuvenate. Important, yeah. Um uh, so I can continue doing the work um with a fresh mind. Yeah, yeah. 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 Amazing, amazing, amazing. So, um Leo, uh we I know we all we always say this, but uh and we always say we have a special guest and you know, <laughs> but today I feel like we have an extra special yes. guest, right? Um and uh Well, for us it's a sign that you know the growth that we've actually made in the yeah. podcast and uh uh we've spoken a lot about the things that we want to mm. see the change that we want to see how the conversation around mental health should be or how we would like it to be mm-hmm. and stuff like that so it's always good when you get to have a seat or to have a conversation uh uh now at about the actual work uh, on these things now now on on one way or the other when you really cool influence change yes. so that's what i'm saying we we feel really really lucky and blessed today yeah. and privileged as well mm. so um to make sure i get it correctly i actually had to ask about it so we actually have the un resident coordinator in tanzania mm-hmm. uh his name is Zlatan Milishik. Got it right? Milishik. Milishik. Ah. Almost, almost there. there. <laughs> almost there. Almost there. So we actually blessed to have Lata Milishik in Tanzania. Uh, I mean in the podcast today. Mm. So he is the UN resident coordinator in Tanzania. I was reading uh, uh his profile before we we you know uh, uh, uh as you know as we actually having conversation of having him here of having him here and uh it's it's quite it's quite it's quite it's quite a CV you have sir. 
you know. So he has bring 30 years of experience in humanitarian and development work, mm. working with the United Nations in Central Asia, North, West and East Africa, the Middle East and Eastern Europe. Mm -hmm. For the past two years, he has served as a World Food Program representative and country director in Afghanistan. Prior to that, he was the deputy director of World Food Pro World Food it's World Food Program, mm -hmm. right? WFP. He was the uh, deputy director of World Food Programs Program and Policy Division in Rome, Italy. He also held management positions with the United Nations in Mali, Libya, Egypt. Uh, I usually don't know how to say this. Kyrgyzstan. Kyrgyzstan. Thank you. Tajikistan. And Tajikistan, and then Lebanon, Somalia, Burundi, oh. South Sudan, and Rwanda. Prior to his career with the United Nations, he was a lawyer in a private practice. Uh, Zlatan holds a bachelor degree in laws from the University of Sarajevo and master of arts degree in international politics and security studies from the University of Bradford. Quite a high achiever, sir. Well, that was very quick, so... <laughs> <laughs> Quite a high achiever, so... Um, I, I wish I would say I try, but it's better to say it just happens. It just uh, <laughs> and, you know, the, sometimes they say it's good to toot your own horn, you know, and, yeah. and acknowledge the, the, the success that you've actually had. Thank you. Yeah, so it's actually nice to have you here. We feel, we feel very honored, we feel humbled, and uh, it's always good when you get to, uh, 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 you know, to speak to people of such caliber. Um, for us, it actually means our work is actually seen. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a validation for us as well. So we appreciate having you here. Mm. My first question is, I, I know we were talking before we started recording, you'd actually say you've lived in Tanzania for four years now, right? But you've moved around a lot. Yeah, you've moved around a lot. And uh, my question is, how does that, I mean, how do you bring the balance mm. when it comes to your family as well? Like with, you know, up and moving, up and moving all the time and... How does it work? I mean, on one hand, I think it's a good it's a good thing you provide experience, yeah. but on the other hand, the whole thing of stability for kids and how does that work for you? Well, uh, I I feel that we have managed to balance it reasonably well. I started traveling because after I have studied and graduated in law and started working back home, which was Yugoslavia at the time. Then we had this horrible war happening in the area where I live in, which is now an independent country called Bosnia-Herzegovina. So that war experience changes everything, like mm. for many people. You know, you stop being a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, I was privileged to have an opportunity to join the UN High Commissioner for Refugees Office in Sarajevo, my hometown, during the war. And I felt that that was a, an excellent move and opportunity because in a war I didn't want to fight on any yeah. side, anybody, you know. There were other things in a war that happened that one would not necessarily be proud of doing, even if you're not a soldier. So working for an organization that tries to do humanitarian work is probably the safest thing you can do, both for general uh, contribution but also for your own, own integrity and, and yeah. self-respect. We are not perfect, but certainly we try our best, we hope for the best, mm. and we do make efforts often when nobody else is doing that. Yeah. Uh, so when I joined them, I worked with them in my country for about a year, year, year and a half, until I decided that that was really not environment for me anymore. Not because of the bombs or shooting, but because of various things that go with a 
working with international organizations, crossing the, 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 the front lines and other things, mm. and it becomes hectic and difficult and challenging and threatening. You know, people arrest you, people intimidate you, people want you to spy for them. So I left. Luckily, I had a, an opportunity to take this master course that you mentioned at that time, and that was very good, including for my mental health. Yeah. But after about two years of war and everything that goes with it, and, and seeing what I saw in, in, my, in the first phase, I even worked for the War Crimes Commission of the government, and that is really uh, showing you all kinds of horrible things that you as a 25-year-old couldn't imagine humans would do, even though you read about it in the history books and so forth. So after that, I guess it was a natural way to continue to try to work in some kind of similar work. So I had the opportunity to join the World Food Program in Rwanda, but that happened right after the genocide, immediately. Yeah. So even there, you know, you, you come into a very challenging, difficult, charged environment with a lot of sadness and, and, and terrible things that have happened. So I'm not intending to go country by country, but uh, during my, let's say, earlier ages or ages before I had the family, I have moved a lot. And wherever, you know, I was asked to go to a new emergency, I generally agreed and I went. And that's why on the list you see quite a few countries. Since we have had kids, I have always tried to be in a stable, in a reasonably stable environment where I could be with the children. So being in Burundi, when our first child came, I asked our, uh, uh, my employer, which was WFP at the time, for a family place. And they put me in Nairobi uh, to cover Somalia. So I traveled a lot to Somalia, but you know, as a family, we lived together. However, there I had an unfortunate uh, incident where I got attacked by robbers in front of my house and shot by them. Not very serious. I didn't have major uh, injuries, but I was kind of shot, you know, <laughs> to the hospital, etc. So, of course, my wife with one year child says, you know, I don't want to live there, of course, yeah. where you get shot in your. Ch in in, 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 your, in the car that your child is being driven in, in front of your house. So then, uh, that was the time that we had to separate for a while. I went to Lebanon, where there's another episode, because there was the war between, between Israel and Hezbollah at the time, and things happened there as well. So then again, after that, I was trying to find, a, again, a family location, and we all moved to Tajikistan, which was a stable and, and peaceful environment lacked certain basic facilities when you have a one-year-old and then you get another baby yeah. a year after. So we had a baby and a two-year-old and very poor health facilities. So when they're sick, you don't really know what to do, where to go. So, But we did our two, three years there. Uh, and from there, we went to Cairo, again, in an attempt to be in a family place where I was a deputy regional director for WFP for um, North uh, Africa and Middle East. Then... My luck knocks on the door again. About a year and a half after we have arrived, there is a revolution, the Arab Spring. You know, and you have probably heard and remember yeah. that Egypt was one of those countries where yeah. things were not safe and stable, at least for a while, and then they were politically quite unstable for quite a while. Yeah. So again, my family, we now had three children already, age one, three, and five, goes back to the UK where our base is. Mm. I stayed there for a while again, uh, and then I moved to Libya because what's the point being in a family place if you cannot be with the family, right? Yeah. And that period lasted for about two years between my last few months in Cairo, Libya, and then Mali. Uh, and at that point, uh, I was basically 
told by my wife very clearly, if you want us to rejoin you, you know, you have to go to Rome, which was the headquarters of the World Food Program. I don't trust your family duty stations where I go and then <laughs> a year later we have to move yeah. because of a war or revolution or, or shooting or whatever. Yeah. So then we went to Rome and there we managed to have a stable five years together where I worked. Uh, and then the clock ticked again and I had to move, or we had to move. We made a, a conscious choice that as a family we would stay based in Rome, the family, everybody would stay there and I would work in Afghanistan and come and visit. And that lasted for about two years before I had this opportunity to, to come here in a different function as a UN resident coordinator. And then we again came and reunited here. And now I'm holding myself really tight to the, to, the, to the chair. When they ask me to go somewhere else, I say, thank you very much. You know, you have assigned me here for four to five years. So please let me at least yeah. do those and then we will see. So we have tried and managed to a large extent to, to be together. Uh, but uh, before that, yes, I have moved, used to wake up at night and think, where am I? Mm. Because there was a lot of movement. So yeah. Yeah. that's my very long answer to a very short <laughs> question. No, 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 I get it, which, which makes me want to ask my next question now. Um, I mean, hearing you, hearing you tell your stories just got me, got me thinking. Have you, I mean, living in the war zone and... Mm having families. I know Nadia has Nadia has a little bit of a background of with refugees and think and doing a little bit of uh, not a little bit, you did you did a lot of work in terms of therapy and counseling. Based on your work, have you ever tried therapy? Have you ever felt the need to actually? Because in my mind I feel like that's a lot to unpack. Well let me answer yes and no. Mm. No, because I have always tried and believed that if I can't help myself there's nobody out there to help me. So I have always tried to understand my personal life and situation in any way, including my mental health, uh, and to uh, try to find ways to cope with that. And fortunately, touch wood, sort of, you know, I have never failed in, in that and started getting worse. However, I have had an episode at the time when after various bumps ups and down, I started feeling dizzy and I didn't understand that. And I went to different physical doctors and they didn't see much uh, physical reasons why I would feel that. And, uh, and then I was advised to go to a psychiatrist uh, and to take a you know, few weeks off. And I took about three weeks off and had a couple of meetings with, with that person. And she helped me understand you know, some basics in how do you contribute to calm down and be more stable and so forth. Uh, uh, without really, you know, having to go through like processes. So yes, I have reached out when I felt that, you know, it might help. Oh, yeah. It did help. Yeah. Uh, but I always believed, and I don't know if I'm right or wrong, Nadia is much more professional in yeah. that field. I always believe that you have to be able to know yourself and to help yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes, with other peoples and sometimes even, even you know, substance support or medical support. But generally, it's all about you. You need to, to manage the process. You need to run it. You'll not go to somebody and they'll tell you something, you know, uh, 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 magic and suddenly you yeah. feel better. Yeah. And it's not always easy yeah. because, as I mentioned to you, there are situations where your family is at risk. I was never a, an officially a refugee, but when I left Bosnia for the UK to do the studies, 
war was raging back home. I had no idea what to do. I didn't know what to do after my course, you know, so I was de facto a refugee. You know, I couldn't go back after I have left. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, you have situations in life, as I said, where security threatens your children, yeah. where security threatens your family, where, where it threatens you, where the whole situation is quite uh, overwhelming at times. Because, yeah. you know, if you're sometimes in a major emergency situation and dealing with security for you and staff and everybody else, and then you have challenging operational tasks. Yeah. Because let's not forget that many of these humanitarian operations when everybody's running away, You're we go towards. in. Yes. And yeah. when we go in, we can't just bunkerize ourselves and say, well, it's not safe. Yeah. You have to do your best yeah. to overcome these challenges and to deliver whatever kind of support, assistance, aid you need to, mm. to, to, to do for people. Yeah. And that, of course, involves a lot of risks. Yeah. And risks are really demanding on your mental health. Yeah. Yeah. And they raise stress. Mm. And the... the, the, the I think the, the humankind is not even close to really understanding yeah. the impacts of stress on our lives, not just mental health, and obviously on mental health, yeah. but even physical health. Yeah. We are learning more and more mm. that it's much more damaging than we thought. Yeah. But we still have no idea how really damaging it can be. So we need to find those mechanisms that are going to help us decompress. Mm. And there are some general ideas and rules, but generally we are all individual human beings yeah. that certain things, you know, work for us better yeah. than others. And, 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 and one does need to find that path. And that path is never perfect because you cannot program yourself that, okay, now I'm going to be calm. Yeah. Now I'm going to relax. You know, yeah. Now I'm not going to worry. Yeah. But you can find ways, you know, to... And sometimes some people need some kind of support uh, including medical support to overcome these challenges mm. and they shouldn't be ashamed of, them, of, of yeah. that and that's part for me that's the biggest problem for men's mental health but yeah. mental health in general yeah. that it's still quite stigmatized yeah. you know when I was young you were either sane or you were crazy mm. there was nothing in between nothing in and once you were called crazy ah it's gonna take years if, if ever, that, yeah. to get out of that coat. Yeah. So, so people were very careful mm. not to be perceived that way, even when they were struggling, yeah. even when they were suffering, yeah. you know, and, 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 uh, and some don't find ways to cope yeah. because of those pressures. So it is very important to try to kind of, you know, check your pulse yeah. on a regular basis yeah. and, and experiment and try what works for you. And when yeah. I say what works for you, I don't mean just anything. Yeah. What is healthy and works for you. So many people think, oh, you know, a bit of alcohol, a bit of substance, and I'll relax. You might relax one day, two days, whatever, but certainly is putting your, your, your body into a situation where you're even more exposed to getting more stress, more anxious, more uh, disturbed by these things. Yeah. So Nadia, I want to ask you this. You've, you've, done, um, you've done some work with, I know we've done some work with refugees. Um, and hearing Zlatan uh, also detailing his experience. I like what he say about, you know, being able to find out what actually works for you, yeah. because a lot of time I sit here and always, you know, think therapy, try therapy, and mm. that is, of one... That's one approach. It's, it's one approach, yeah. really, and, and I think most of the time I say that because 
I feel like it's the one that has actually been certified and has been tried and has been tested and you know we, we have a lot of testimonies that it has actually worked but share with us other options that we might have and especially of the point that is said about it's so important for you to find out what actually works for you in that in that kind of situation how does that come about um, so one thing i want to also kind of push home what Lassan said um, you know the buck starts with you and it ends with you even when you go see a therapist or a doctor at the end of the day i need to say okay yes i'll take those pills that you're prescribing i need to go buy them uh, even in the therapist's office most people think we do magic. We don't read your mind. You have to still sit with us and be vulnerable and actually share what's going on and be open to trying the different coping strategies and mechanisms and, you know, the experiment on some of the, the, the tools that the therapist will then share with you. But all of the work, and I think that's something I tell my clients all the time, like doing the work is the shortcut and you're the one doing the work. I'm just like a passenger in your car that's there to say, okay, do you see that... Uh, do you see that horse crossing uh, the road? Um, do you really want to take that turn? Which turn do you want to take? So at the end of the day, you're doing all of that work. Um, so it's important for us to also keep that in mind that um, I, you are the expert in your life. You're the expert in the stress that you're experiencing. You're the expert in your health. You are the expert in your well-being, right? Uh, and so you, you know more than even the therapist knows about you and your personal experience. And it, it is highly your responsibility to see, okay, what, what, what am I doing that is facilitating my life and well-being? And it might not be working, it might not work for someone else, mm -hmm. but it might be working for you as long as it's a healthy mechanism, right? Um, and also being open to, to exploring, right? So the, the psychologist, the psychiatrist, the doctor, they're the expert in medicine, in psychiatry, in psychology. Right? But you are the expert in your life. And you're the one experiencing the stressors. You're experiencing the traumas. You are experiencing these difficulties. So that's one thing I think it's important for us to keep in mind. And at the end of the day, like, what the therapist does right, is teach you how to do that work that she's doing or he's doing with you in the therapy space on your own. The aim is for you to let go, because it's like a crutch. You know when you break your leg, you need to use that crutch so your leg can heal. Yeah. Eventually, you have to let go of that and walk on that leg. And it might be painful initially because you know you're still exercising it and you're still, you know, your your ligaments are still just, they're they're healing. Mm -hmm. But there is, if you continue to hang on to that crutch, then we then we're, we're not even trying to see whether or not we're able, mm -hmm. you know, to bring the health back into that space. Yeah. So I think that's important for us to remember. Uh, and for us who are thinking of, of reaching out to a therapist uh, or any health any healthcare, right? Because even your doctor can do all the tests and tell you this is what's wrong. Uh, and a lot of, right now, the issue um, that a lot of the research, a lot of the doctors are seeing is a lot more of the non-communicable diseases and illnesses that are more prevalent, that are becoming even more prevalent. And these are all lifestyle. This is all you. And so the doctor can say, yes, you have cholesterol, but you need to then change your lifestyle mm -hmm. to manage that. Mm -hmm. but you have diabetes type two, it is, it is a lifestyle. Yeah. You know, it's something we've been doing uh, repeatedly that has brought us to that space. Yeah. And it will be something that we do repeatedly that will take us out of that space 100%. into a healthy space. 100%. 100%. Um, 
Yeah. So going back to you, <laughs> to your question, yeah. I just wanted to stress that because yeah. I get that a lot that people will come and say, okay, this is what's going on. Blah, blah, blah. Help me. And I'm like, okay, let's do the work. You, you know, I, I, I will ask you the right questions, but you're doing all the work. Mm-hmm. Like I like to put that out there that you're doing all of the work mm-hmm. in, in, you know, sorting that out. There isn't any magic spell or, you know, even, even uh, when you're experiencing a mental illness and you get medication, at the end of the day, you still need to do the work because that medication needs to then be yeah. weaned off, depending on what condition you're you're mm-hmm. you're, you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's important for us to stress. Zlatan, um, you know, we I usually say that you know, the greater the risk, the greater the reward, mm. right? I I I I. I they have been saying that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> not, not many people challenge it, so we can mm. we can take it. We, we can take it. And, and, and this is me asking you um, uh, because I feel like a lot of people aspire for this mm. for you uh, 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 for your kind of job that you have. You know, yeah. people feel like oh, it's all rose and glory. You're a coordinator. You travel. You've seen the world, and you know. People tend to see people tend to see the glory, yeah. but they don't tend to see the gods and what it takes to take. That to you've take. been stressed, that you've been under yeah. pressure, that you've been shot, that yes. you've been arrested, yes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that your family is saying, "Where are you, Dad?" Yeah. yeah. People, people, people don't get to see that, and 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 I think us having you here kind of it kind of gives that a little bit more. Uh, you kind of letting us in and try to say, "Okay, guys, it's not all that is cracked up to work. be." There's actually a lot of other things that actually going on that actually are going on behind the scenes. Yeah. So if if uh, 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 you were to speak for people actually aspiring or they're dreaming mm-hmm. of getting to where you are, right? What would be your advice, or what are the things that should, they should actually look out for, or should be prepared for? Mm. Well, as I said, yeah. what happened to me was really not a free choice. Mm. It happened because there's a war, so you do what you believe is best at the time. Yeah. Then you leave the country, then again you do what you believe is best at the time. Yeah. Then you reach a point where you say, what do I do now with my life? Mm. Then you again do what... So in my case, it just went in a certain direction, which of course I tried to steer, mm. uh, but you know, it wasn't like, oh, do I want to be an engineer or a doctor yeah. or a sports uh, person? Mm, uh, also, in a similar way, we have to find our way of managing ourselves. Yeah. We also have to find our ways of what's making us happy mm. or unhappy, or how do we want to live, live our lives. Yeah. I live away from my country, away from a community where I grew up and mm. that I know, where I have, as they say, the safety net and this you know, uh, a social net, yeah. network of, of family and friends. My sister left just as the war started, but after the war she decided to come back. Mm-hmm. And once she came back, she decided to stay. Because for her, there was an environment she was comfortable in. Yeah. You know, far from it that I am in the perfect environment or that she is, as far as we perceive it, but you know, we have chosen those kind of paths. So I think we all need to decide what matters more mm. or most to us in, in these circumstances. Mm. You know, uh, I spent good years before I had children mm. working in this field. Yeah. So during that time, at least, I didn't have that very important aspect to think about. 
Many people don't have that choice. Many people, even when they try to start doing what I'm doing, they already have a family and responsibilities in that field. And that impacts a lot. As I told you, mm. you know, I have actually officially lived in very few countries for longer periods since we have had children than before. Yeah. So, so I would say that one does need to know what they really want and, and, mm. and, and also to be prepared once they get it to deal with it because, yeah. you know, sometimes they say, you know, wishing to... To get, to get what you want yeah, might not yeah. always be the best choice. Yeah. But anyway, uh, but yes, uh, I think there is also the, the very important element that, you know, we are intelligent enough mm. to find ways to be reasonably happy in, in most environments. Mm. So whether you're in environment A, B or C, you know, you need to do your best to be appreciative and enjoying yeah. it. Because you can complain in any environment. You know, you, you live here, you say, oh, it's really, really hot, you know, it's sticky. Yeah. You go to Europe, say, oh, it's cold, it's snow, it's dark. Yeah. You know, you go to one place, oh, it's very green. The other yeah. one, oh, it's very gray. Yeah. Oh, sea, great, yeah, I'm next to the sea or, you know, oh, but where are the mountains? You know, I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating here and being a little yeah. bit kind of silly, but yeah. that's, the truth you know, yeah. there is an element in human beings which it probably contributes to mental health as yeah. well. That we, once we acquire and get and have something, it becomes less precious and enjoyable and yeah. important than while we're aspiring to have it. Yeah. And that's one of the things we all have to work on yeah. all our lives, yeah. to really appreciate and enjoy what we have. Yeah. Yeah. And once you do that, half of your mental health issues is sorted. Yeah. Then it's only the external stresses that you need to really manage in order to survive. And for that, it, as, as Nadia was saying earlier, it is important to be in the driving seat. Yeah. Mm. And as this is about men's health, that's where the problem is. Yeah. Because we are, in, in all cultures, we are brought up with a bit of, at least a bit, mm. sometimes even more than a bit, of machoism. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't want to admit that anything is wrong. You know, it's not only that we don't want to go to a therapist yeah. or to a counselor or to speak somebody. We don't even ask on the street, where is... The way, you know, <laughs> a, a woman is smart, she goes to the first person and says, excuse me, where is street so-and-so? Yes. No, we will drive around three times, yeah. you know, trying to figure it ourselves <laughs> because we don't even want to ask. Yeah. And when it comes to the mental health, imagine then the barriers. Oh, mm. I don't want to say to anybody. I don't want anybody yeah. to see that something might not be right with me. And, and then that's where the problem is. And even when we come to people like Nadia, I bet you, I don't know because I yeah. don't work that, Nadia gets much clearer and easier, uh, 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 you know, uh, information and responses from women than men. Yeah. Because even when they come, they still try to hide things. Yeah. And, oh, it's, uh, this is mine and I don't share. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, and, and, and that's exactly where I believe, if I may use the opportunity now, yeah. United Nations is really in the lead. Yeah on mental health, not for just for men, but for all our workers, mm -hmm. in terms of what we are doing. Mm. And yes, we still have a long way to go. But in many countries, like Tanzania, we manage to cost share among the different UN agencies mm. and to have a UN doctor and a UN uh, a counselor, mm. sometimes even a nurse, depending mm. on the scale of the operations, numbers of stuff. So, and not only that, but we have a proactive programs activities mm. for mental health yeah. and yes we see stigma we yeah. see that the numbers are not as high as we would hope for them mm -hmm. but at least we have an opportunity 
that everybody knows a number or should know yeah. a number That's to call and say dear colleague I have a problem yeah. can we talk yeah. we also organize sensitization courses for staff for managers and others to understand these aspects of, 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 of help we even have yoga classes you know painting classes some others that you know experts in that field field feel could help people in this you know we we promote breathing or mindfulness yeah. or meditation whichever way you want to call some of these uh, things and 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 i can tell you i am in principle very kind of uh, you know self sufficient and 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 sometimes uh, really dismissive of things i don't know and i don't understand mm -hmm. but you know T taking a breathing exercise cannot harm. Yeah. It always yeah. helps. It always, it always does helps. help you to to really calm down or, or, or be more stable than uh, you are at a given moment. You know, and there are various methods and variations, how you do it, how many times, yeah. in which ways and so forth. Uh, but that can always help. Yeah. doesn't cost anything. Yeah. can be as short as three minutes yeah. or as long as, I don't know, 15, half an hour. Yeah. We have never tried that long, but yeah. I'm sure there are others who do. Yeah. Uh, so basically, you know, choose the options you have because yeah. you cannot just say, oh, I wish. Mm. And then the kind of steer your life through them in a way that's most comfortable, yeah. most meaningful. Yeah. Because meaningfulness is very important, you know. Uh, we often say, oh, people, sometimes people are selfish. You know, what, what you do being meaningful to you means a lot. No matter what you do, yeah. if you feel that you are contributing something and that makes you, you know, satisfied, that's again a major contributor to a mental stability as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and then take your chances, as you said, take your risks where you feel that, that you know, the the, the, the benefits would, would uh, kind of balance them at least, if yeah. not even overtake them. Yeah. So this, this is one thing that we do at the office. Uh, this is specifically for men. Like we've we've est we've established what we call a men's talk. So once per month, it's purely men. We just meet in the office, and we just have a conversation around different issues that are affecting our lives. And it has been a very growing thing. And and like right now at the office, we look as men. We're looking forward to those Fridays because. It has become like some sort of our own safe space where we can actually really sit and park and talk about things without feeling the, you know, the prejudice or like we're being judged or, you know, and there's, it brings that familiarity of, my, oh, I'm not weird for thinking certain things or I'm not the, the old one out because I feel a certain way. It just, it's just amazing. And this is something that I always tell people like, you know, if you walk in the office that as a lot of men try to do that find a mechanism. I mean, we do, we actually have a meetings, so it might not always work for everybody, but you know, find what actually works for you because, or for your organization, because it might actually going to uh, uh, have uh, uh, a greater impact on men, actually. Think. But I want to, I want to dive a little bit more into the term, what UN is doing when it comes to mental health. And I understand what you're actually doing for the staff, so for people who work for the UN. So this is probably me plugging people, you know, UN is prioritizing mental health people. So for those who are applying for jobs for the UN, keep applying. Your mental health will be taken care of. But you will have the opportunity, you have the opportunity to get almost all the support you yeah. might need. You might need. Which is and very then important. again, as Nadia and I said, it's up to you, up to how you much of it you take. It, yeah. yeah. So 
I'm looking and at... And we all need it. Yeah, we all do. We Let's all. not kid ourselves. Yes, yeah. we do. We all need it in some shape or form. Yeah. At some point or stage in our lives. You and definitely at some point and stage. Yeah. Actually, that's a very important mm-hmm. thing to say. Uh, and I would like to highlight it very briefly in one minute. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're younger, these things somehow go easier. Mm-hmm. These shocks you absorb somehow easier, quicker. I don't know why, but as the life kind of takes its toll on you, they start impacting you more, like many other things as you are mm-hmm. growing older. So you need to be prepared for that, and then you need to realize that you know what you could handle when you were 18 or 25 or even 30. Mm-hmm. You, you might have more challenges handling when you're 45, 50, 60 yeah. or more. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's one of those kind of tricks that we need to learn, that, mm-hmm. that you know, what I could do before, I might not be able to do now, and mm-hmm. I might need help even though I would have not needed it before. And probably the support that was there for you when you were 30, My actual my actual not be there for you when you're for a five so how do you adapt as well right yeah, yeah. so so I wanted to ask in that grand scheme of things right mm-hmm. uh, are there uh, I wouldn't say projects or programs but are there things that the UN is actually yeah. doing now in terms of and and I'm not this is just uh, you know we, it, it's not just me asking for men per se. But this is me asking for the larger community, the Tanzanian community that is. You know, are there things that the UN is actually doing on, and this is us being a little bit biased here, on <laughs> mental health? Well, as I said, you know, we have seen the gradual understanding in shift from doing absolutely nothing mm. to doing almost very little to doing more and more for mental health by the governments, by the society, including by United Nations, its organizations. Clearly, it depends in which environment you are, how relevant and needed you are. Yeah. In a society which has a war, has had a war, or has been in a kind of on and off war situation for the last 40, 50 years, obviously the needs are much higher, much more complex, much more sensitive as well than they are in a society that has been stable, peaceful for decades. And the programs of the UN organizations obviously reflect that. So in some countries we have very pronounced, very strong psychosocial support, therapeutic support, mental health support programs to the government, through the government or directly, or even through the civil society and, and professional organizations. I, I, I would say that Tanzania is happy and lucky that it doesn't have many of the major shocks and stresses that some other countries have. You have had peace for many years. Yeah. As somebody who comes from a country that's had the war itself, and somebody who's worked in so many countries that have had war or were in the war when I was there, I can tell you, this is an asset, including for mental health. Yeah. Because the people of Tanzania, they don't have their memory of the tri- tribal, uh, you know, uh, regional, political wars and conflicts that oh, look around you. You have seen almost many countries if you start looking north. So that's the starting point. So obviously the program of the United Nations in Tanzania would be less about mm. mental health and kind of stressful situations and recovering from stress and, and than are in others. But we do here also support the government and 
civil society organizations or others in contributing towards improving, strengthening, uh, uh, educating people about mental health. It's obvious. I mean, very good example. Uh, well, one thing that I have to highlight is that this is a country where the government is running the country uh, and the United Nations is largely supporting to improve the systems and structures to complement them. And then where we feel there might be gaps to kind of try to step in through civil society organizations and others to kind of complement that. And that's how we see our work. You mentioned sustainable development goals. There is 17 of them. We want to achieve them by 2030. We look at where is Tanzania on the 17 goals, what is being done about those, how fast are we progressing, and then we as a UN system, we develop a cooperation framework with the government that we will particularly focus on here, 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 because those are the areas where uplifting needed to be the most, or we are leaving people behind, or where and where UN has resources, expertise, and knowledge to do something. That's how we work. So, most of the things are about really helping, and I think that's very good, yeah. and structures of the country, of the system, rather than kind of stepping in saying, budget over, I take over to provide yeah. relief, to, to give assistance, and so forth. And that's good, but of course, building systems is much slower than, you know, coming in and providing a service on the spot. Yeah. That's true, that's true. So we do have various programs with different stakeholders yeah. where we're trying to promote, well, first at the global central health level. And we are seeing movements. You are reading your papers. You are following the, 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 the progress, you know, and universal health uh, uh, insurance schemes and other things are all aiming towards, you know, improving yeah. the, the, the general health coverage of the people of Tanzania. In respect to mental health, uh, as I said, we have projects where yeah. we're trying to learn. Yeah. We have others where we're trying to support those who want to innovate and learn. Yeah. And we're trying to support the government in different ways to strengthen their own capacities, their own knowledge. Yeah. The very important thing in general is the databases, the baselines, the yeah. knowing what's going on, mm. where the problem is, yeah. before you know how to address it. But what I'm trying to say is how I see progress mm -hmm. and very good clear example is we have had recently very unfortunate, tragic and sad situation in Hanang, in, Hanang, in yeah. Banyara with the floods and mud, fl mud, mud flows and yeah. almost 90 people at least, uh, 89 last I checked, uh, uh, died in that, another 135, nine or so were injured, most of them fortunately are recovering, yeah. 700 lost everything staying in schools. Yeah. 10,000 considered to be affected of about 30,000 or 27,000 of people who live in that area. Mm -hmm. So one third of population of the whole region uh, has been affected in one way or another. Mm -hmm. Part of the immediate support and response to these people has not been only food, yeah. shelter, hygiene items, mm -hmm. uh, accommodation items, water yeah. and uh, prevention of, of communicable diseases. Uh, and other things, but has also been psychosocial support, mm. has also been reuniting the families, yeah. has also been working with them. Yeah. So I compliment the government yeah. as well as I compliment my colleagues from yeah. the UN and the NGOs who were involved in that. But in my lifetime, you know, when we stepped in, not that often you could hear about that level yeah. Of, yeah. Of, of support that's being provided. And yes, in the refugee camps, it's kind of a bit 
obvious and easiest to do it, but we are increasingly providing it also in, 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 in other situations. Uh, and also not just to those affected, but those also who are dealing with them, because yeah. that can be overwhelming as well. That's true. true. Uh, yeah. Nadia, uh, Zlata talked a little bit about infrastructures and systems, and, and, and I know we, we always talk about this. The thing, so the thing with mental health, I feel like it's not tangible. It's not like building a hospital or building roads. You can actually say, you know, there we go. We built 200 kilometers of that road, so you guys are good. Oh, we built, we built three buildings, so you know, the hospital is actually sorted. It's it's not tangible, really. But tell me if, as a practitioner, right? Tell me how your life will change once the systems and the infrastructures are actually in place. What would that mean for a person like you and other practitioners of, of, of mental health? Um, so I think, okay, one thing I can speak of when it comes to the systems and the infrastructures in the country, when it comes to mental health. So there are very clear guidelines when it comes to health in general, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and especially the medical professional and the other um, allied medical professionals. There isn't much around, psych, you know, psychologists and the work that psychologists do and mm-hmm. therapy and all of that. That's something still our country needs to develop. So I'll speak from just like personal experience from what I've observed as well and what I've heard from clients. Um, so one thing, personally, I've gotten myself, because I, I did my training outside Tanzania and I chose to get certified and registered in the country where I studied. Mm-hmm because in my country, we don't have a governing body, right? So no one's governing our work in Tanzania. Mm-hmm. What is the challenge with that? that? That's a system that needs to be there. That's a structure that needs to be there to make sure that I'm safe as a professional and that the people that I serve are safe because it's, it's very vulnerable uh, space to be in when you speak about your health, your mental health. Yeah. And there's a lot of damage that can be done when the, the work that we do isn't being supervised or isn't being overseen. And that's something that's happening within the communities. I have heard of people who say they're psychologists and therapists in the community and have done damage to clients uh, in addition to what they were experiencing. So when systems are put in place, when the government is you know, constantly refining and building, right? Uh, and seeing where the gaps are and seeing how they can fill those gaps to you know, solidify. Because I think when you have the structure, that's like your foundation and your house is solid when you have a solid foundation. And it's easier to then build layers and layers on top of that when you're working from something that is quite strong. Right? So to answer that in my profession, I think that would really, one, would um, strengthen and also give, um, build awareness for the work. Right? More people will be aware. Right now, it's, it's like a foreign concept because also, I mean, it, 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 it has been a foreign concept. We have adopted it. It's not like uh, in Tanzania, the tradition was never to go sit with a stranger. It's more sitting with your community and community mm-hmm. leaders and elders. And that's how we resolve some of these struggles and challenges and stressors that we're facing. But as we're advancing and we're changing with technology, with you know, just globalization, we're adopting also other mechanism that, mechanisms and tools that have worked for people outside our context. Right? We have that reach now. But then we need to then develop the structures to support it so that there are you know, 
we know that whatever is being offered is in accordance uh, to the ethics that need to be um, considered to, um, you know, making sure that we're not doing harm. I think that's the underlying thing. So once structures are there, it really helps to keep people like Nadia in check that Nadia is not doing harm, you're doing good, right? And you are sticking to the ethics of your profession and you're not stepping outside the line of what are your boundaries in what you can or cannot do. Right now, people can do and are doing what they feel they want to do and uh, there isn't anything guiding that. Unless, you know, you operate with coming from, okay, no, I know in South Africa, these are my boundaries, this is where I studied, this is what the health profession council says, Nadia, you can do as a psychologist. And that is what I do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, even though that's not my country. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, I get it. And we have a lot of mental yes. health experts right now, but I'm like, it's good, but on the other end, I'm like, is it good? Yeah, because you can do a lot of damage. Yeah. Right? This is someone who is, when, when, you, when your mind is affected, your health can then be affected as well. Your physical health. Mm-hmm. These two are, uh, you know, it's a bi-directional relationship. They're very linked, yeah. right? Um, and so when I'm coming and I'm already not in the state where I can problem solve, because when I'm struggling with my mental health, my problem solving has been affected, yeah. right? Uh, my, my emotional health has been affected. My psychological health has been affected. The way I'm processing and thinking of things probably is affected. And if I come and get assistance from someone who isn't really working alongside those ethics or isn't really trained to assist me, then I can encode and put in information and bits of, I can I can divert you towards uh, the right path or I can divert you towards another ditch. Um, So I think that's something, Mm -hmm. if we are able to establish as a country, would do a lot of benefit because there are a lot of people who, who would like to seek this support. There's a lot of communication now around mental health. We speak on the radio and you get phone calls from yeah. people in, you know, Bukoba, from, you know, the, the different other regions, yeah. Iringa, Mbea, yeah. whatever, who are calling and saying, I'm struggling. What do you say? You're saying this thing and it makes sense to me. So you have people who are really open yeah. to getting support. Yeah. But then we don't have the structures yeah. to support them to get that support easily. Yeah. And there's people who are there that can be trained. Um, as Latin said, our country is quite stable. Yeah. We have systems to educate the community to be able to go and fill that gap, yeah. right? As Tanzanians, but we're, we're, we're slowly working towards that, I hope. We, um, but if, if, if I may just very yeah. briefly hear you have provoked my thinking. <laughs> so I'll, I'll just, uh, on one hand, I think it's very important for us to recognize that globally, or in Tanzania, we have started making improvements in recognizing the importance, meaning, and understanding of mental health, including specifically men's mental health, Mm. and we are on a good path. Mm. But equally, we have to be very clear that everywhere, I mean, I said I'm proud of the UN, what we do, Mm. including for us, and even those governments who are doing things, we still have a long way to go in regulating, Mm. in understanding, and doing more about it because the problem is much bigger than anybody is recognizing it at the moment, and the clock is ticking. I believe that human beings are being put under pressure that is unprecedented for our biological structures and and the history and the way we have evolved. We are now having to deal with things that nobody ever did before, and we need to find ways to cope with all these technological advantages uh, we call them advancements, but they're also demands yes. and responsibilities. 
and the, the busy life we have. Yeah. You know, uh, some of us have to handle and juggle so many things in the day just to survive, to have a kind of that happy life that we're striving to be. Yeah. Do your job, to, to support the family, look after the kids, you know, do necessary for your elderly or sick or otherwise parents, you know, deal with your siblings. What about the neighbors? Mm -hmm. And then you remember, well, I'm feeling a bit weird suddenly, yeah. you know. So all of these things, you know, uh, are much different than those hunters, gatherers that yeah. we have come from. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Zlatan, I know we are literally mm. running out of time, but we gotta let you go. But I always ask, this is one of my favorite questions, is that if there is one thing you would love to leave the people watching or the people who are listening to us with, what would that be from the talk of actually had? Well, I have just actually said it, yeah. but let me, let me <laughs> repeat it in short. Yeah. We all need to recognize that mental health is important and that it can be affected and is affected for everyone. So we have to find ways to identify the early signs because the earlier we start thinking about it and possibly doing something about it, the easier it would be. Mm -hmm. And we need to be at least open with ourselves yeah. and those who are smart, they'll be open also to where they can get that support. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be a counselor, it could be a therapist, mm -hmm. but it could be your spouse, yeah. it could be your mother, it could be your, your sibling mm -hmm. who can actually help balance those things. Yeah. So we need to be aware that this is around us and is impacting us. Mm -hmm. And we need to develop a mechanism to cope with it, mm -hmm. to deal with it. And we all need to recognize that the issues are much bigger than we have given them credit so far, mm -hmm. and that the governments, the, 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 any development, uh, health or otherwise initiatives should keep this in mind. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and help people and communities and societies to minimize the negative impacts of these, of these uh, shocks that mental health challenges bring, not only to people individually, but to, to then their environment in which they are. Mm -hmm. And I have, I have said it's important when you live in a stable environment, it's easier than when you live in a war where mm -hmm. everybody is kind of definitely uh, you You're know, just in mentally, light, mentally yeah. challenged. I can tell you, during the war in Bosnia, during those years, I don't think that anybody was, uh, by definition, you know, yeah. completely yeah. fine uh, from the mental health perspective because of all those things that were happening. Mm -hmm. But even in stable environments, there are these stresses and challenges that we have to find ways to deal with. Yeah. And more importantly, let's look at helping those that depend on us yeah. to learn these things. Yeah. Our kids. They don't know half of this, even though they're slowly mm. in schools learning, yeah, etc. Yeah. But it's the role of the parents to identify or to help identify or to prepare a child for potential dealing with these things because it'll come one yeah. day or another. One day or another, mm. 100%, 100%. Nadia, anything you want to add to that? Um, so I'll just, um, kind of the point that I want to stress is know what brings you joy. Right? I think knowing yourself and knowing what, what a fulfilling life is for you is extremely important. Uh, because in that case, when we're pursuing the life we want, 
whatever stressors and challenges come our way, we are in a much better position to address them and deal with them mm -hmm. than when we are walking a path that we don't even we don't even recognize. Yeah. So, um, and that's an exercise on its own, right? <laughs> Knowing what work. truly makes me happy is an yeah. exercise on its yeah. own. And but don't it's, be overly ambitious. Yes, exactly. Baby steps, baby steps. You know, so um, and it can be an experiment. You yeah. know, just trial and error, and you can always. We live in a world, it's beautiful, where your decision, the one that you make, is not a concrete, solid one that you can always... We're, we're flexible beings, yeah. right? Even our minds are plastic. We're constantly evolving and adapting and learning new things. So even as a person, you can say, this is what makes me happy. But when you get there and you find that it's actually not, the fulf not fulfilling, you're, you know, you're capable to kind of redirect... Yeah. Continue to experiment until you find your path. Yeah, you find your path. Because the challenges will always come. But when I'm walking the path that I've chosen, then whatever roadblock is there, I will have the energy, right, and th that in innate internal drive to overcome it. Yeah. Rather than when I'm walking a path that I don't even recognize myself. Gotcha. Thank you, guys. This has been one of those episodes of the conversation that has been really, really interesting. So, Zlatan, thank, thank you for so showing much. up. Thank you for coming <laughs> out. Um, I hope we get to do more of this. I hope we get to have more conversations around mental health in general. Um, kudos to all the, to the job that you're doing. Mm. Amazing stuff that you guys have at UNS in, in, in terms of supporting your staff and, and, and understanding the importance of staff's wellness. It is mm. super important. And uh, uh, I think I, I, I will, I'm not looking for a job, but <laughs> if I ever look for a job, I'll, this is one thing now I know I would always ask my employer, like, look, Talk to me about your wellness program because I know how important it is for me mm. and for the staff within the organization. So, yeah, well, what you wrong wasasa? Just know I'm not looking for any other job. But, <laughs> you know, that's that. So yeah, so thank you for coming out. We appreciate this, and you know, uh, but it's amazing story that you shared with us, and it's it's yeah, it's you, 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 you're such a survivor. Cause so are you 83, 84? Episode, yeah. Still, still yeah. running strong. We're yeah. still pushing on. So yeah, for the rest of you, the admin the podcast on Twitter, admin the podcast on Instagram. There's a link with the bio here too. It will take you to all the uh, places that you can actually yeah. watch or listen uh, to our podcast, be it YouTube, Spotify, Bookplay, Apple Podcasts, Google Pod, uh, Google Podcasts, Good Pod, you know. Boom play. You can actually catch our episodes. Now you add my matters to you on Twitter. Now add my matters to you on Instagram. There's the link in the bio that will take you to the website. And then Uneza Okafanya booking. Since this is our first episode about Angari in 2024, we just want to wish you a great year, a successful year. And please, let's prioritize looking at after mental health in 2024. Peace. Man, 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 the podcast.